Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. And so today we are following up on our series called uh, Set Apart, and we are really set apart for one another. Maybe you don't realize this or not, but we are set apart for one another. The main passage we have for this whole series is 1 Peter 1.13, and it starts with this. Therefore, oh, let's stand for this, sorry. We're going to stand for the reading of the word. I'm just excited to get going here. All right. We're going to stand and read this together. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded and, and your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Father God, there is so much in this message that I need to communicate but time is relevant, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me speak everything you need me to say today. God, I pray that people today that are battling loneliness and depression, God, people that think there's no one out there that knows them or understands them or that can help them, God, I pray today that you would break that and they would find a lifelong relationship, a lifelong friend, someone to come alongside, someone to lift them up, someone to pull them out of the pit, someone to show them Jesus and the Jesus in them. God, I thank you, God, that you send people and people's lives to, to find the gifting in their hearts and to pull those things out, God, that they activate the spiritual gifts in their life. God, we thank you for relationships. We thank you for the people you put in our life. And God, I pray that today at the end of this service that people make lifelong friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have a seat. So like I said, relationships are key. We're going to focus on this today, and I'm going to get right to it. Peter, who wrote this, gets down to chapter 4 of the same letter to the church. And he's telling them, you've, you've been called to be holy. You've been set apart. Be holy as I am holy. That seems impossible. How are we holy like God is holy? God is not like us. But how are we supposed to be holy as God is holy? Well, if you've given your life to Jesus and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, Scripture says in Romans, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, then we are saved. And we know that in that moment when we truly believe that Christ is who he said he was and that he rose from the dead and that he's coming back for us and that he's Lord, it says that we're born again, meaning our spirit comes to life and, and then we're a new creation in him. And because of that, we are holy. Because of that, we are set apart. Because of that, we are now clean and righteous in God's sight. And so maybe you don't realize this today, but you're a saint. Can you say that? I'm a saint. Yeah, it feels good, right? I'm a saint. And your, your spouse is probably, no, nah, you're not. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a saint. Like, I am clean. I am righteous in God's sight. Like, I am 
holy. And so Peter's just basically telling you and telling us and telling the church, live up to the calling that's already been placed in you. You're already holy. Stay that way. Don't slip back into the old pattern and the old way that you used to go into. Move forward. And then he, he says, it's so important that you do this. It's so important that you keep moving forward. And he gets down to chapter 4 in 1 Peter to this letter, and he tells them the importance. He grinds it in again. He's saying, look, the end of all things is at hand. You know, we had a discussion at our house <laughs> the other day. Our kids were like, hey, do you think this is the end? I mean, with all the stuff going on in Israel and all the stuff that's going around the world, you see it. And I'm like, I don't know. Could be. I know we're getting close. I don't know when the time is, but Peter, even back then, 2,000 years ago, he wrote, he says, the end of all things is at hand. As soon as Jesus left, the, the, the timer started ticking. He's coming back for us. And because of that, he reminds the people, he reminds us, prepare your minds for action and be sober-minded. What's he saying? Always be ready. Be prepared. Be useful. Like, don't get your head in the clouds. Don't, don't doze off. Keep moving forward. God has called you to be set apart. God has called you for something. So set your minds for action and be sober-minded. And then set your hope fully on the grace that will bring oh, I'm over the other one here. Sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Then he goes on to say, above all. Like, we need to be sober-minded. We need to be self-controlled. But he says, above all. So here's the one thing that Peter wants to tell you today. And here's one thing that I want to tell you today because it's the only thing that's really made a difference in my life. He says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Look, you need to pray. You need to get in your Bible. You need, you need to go to church. You need to worship. But I'm telling you, there's something bigger than that. Paul is saying, above all this, and when you read Scripture, Paul says it. All the writers say it. Jesus says it. He says, look, you need people in your life. You need people in your life. You need to love people. You need people in your life to help bring out those things that God put into you. And so he says to love them earnestly. That word earnestly means to like contend for or work for or strive towards. You know, it's, it, it's hard work loving people. Have you noticed this? Am I the only one? Like, it's hard work loving people. God said, love people. I'm like, God, people are stupid, Lord, sometimes. Like, they don't, you know, right? I'm like, it's hard to love them. That's why he commands it, because it's not easy. And he says, love them. love them. So you have to try and strive. And even in the church, sometimes it's hard to love people. And he's saying, you got to contend for that love. you got to keep pushing forward to that love. you gotta, you got to keep moving forward to that love. That's the, that's the most important thing that you'll do on this earth, is contend for each other's love. Because here's why. He says in the next Sentence, since love covers a multitude of sins. You know, it's been people in my life that came alongside me when I had fallen, when my faith was shaken, when I wasn't doing all the right things, when I was running away from God, when I was uh, far from my wife. There, there was times in my life where I just was not honorable to My life was not honorable to God, even after I'd given my life to him. But what happened was people came alongside me. They lifted me up, and they, and they called something out of me, and they said, come on, you can do this. Look, that's the past. God's forgiven you. God wants you to do something different. 
get up and move on. I need people like that in my life. And really, I found those people in my life in a small group, just to be honest. Some of my best friendships, I have a couple of, of peers that are my age, and, and I can talk to them about anything. We text all the time. We share what we're going through. We share our family struggles. He's like, hey, pray for this. This is going on in my life, and this is going on in my kid's life. And I'm like, hey, pray for this. This is going on in my life and my kid's life. This is going on here. And so we have each other's back. We have this true friendship that had to be contended for. And, and these friendships and these relationships that God's calling his people to take a lot of work. And this is why Peter gives us the blueprint here on how we are supposed to do this. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I need my sins covered. I need, I need people to come in and give me grace. And I'll tell you that grace is found in, 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 in groups. Uh, if you get involved in a small group, you get involved, and you gather a bunch of believers that love you, there's grace there. And, and they're not going to do a prayer chain about your problems. You know what I'm talking about? We need to pray for sister so-and-so because this is going on, right? It's really just gossip. No, no. What it is is they're going to say, no, I'm going to pray for you here and now. And it's going to be gone. Like, we're going to forget about it because God's forgot about it. Like, I'm going to lift you up. You need people in your life to tell you that you have lettuce in your teeth. Right? It's a good friend that tells you your flies down. Right? It's a good friend that, that when you fall down, they pick you back up. They dust your shirt off and say, come on, man, let's do this together. That's the kind of relationships we need. That's the kind of relationships that cover our sins. And that's the kind of relationships that God wants his people to have. That's why he created the church. He created us for one another. He created the church to do this thing together because as the end comes, it's going to be harder and harder. And he knows it. So we need each other. And so he gives us the blueprint here. How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to have these kind of relationships? Two things. Verse 9, he says, show hospitality to one another. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Is it up there? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Without what? <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard to be hospitable, right? Because what happens is people come and invade your house. And your house is not clean, and you're like, man, my, mom, my mom's coming, my aunt's coming, there's family coming, and i got to clean the house, and i got to make sure everything's picked up. And it's, it, it's, it's not easy to be hospitable, right, sometimes. But he says do it without grumbling, meaning I get to do this. I heard a pastor this week telling a story. It wasn't even his wife. It was a friend of his. And she was having a baby, and his wife woke him up and said, come on, we need to go to the hospital. It was like 3 in the morning. He's like, why? You're not having the kid. Like, why don't you go up there? She's having the baby. <laughs> and so he gets up there to the hospital. He's sitting down, and the pastor's sitting right next to him. And he looks over to the pastor and says, why are we even here? Why do I have to be here? And the pastor looks at him and goes, we get to be here. He's like, yeah, that's what I said. We get to be here. I'm glad we're here. We get to be here. Yeah, that needs to be our attitude. It's like, man, I don't have to have these people over. I got to make time for these. No, I get to. Like, I get to have people in my life. I get to have people that, can, that I can share my life with. And that really, hospi being hospitable just means sharing what you have. 
And so Paul, Peter is saying here, above all else, share what you have. Like, Practice hospitality. What do you have? Do you have a nice home? Invite people into your home. Do you, have a, do you have a car that somebody needs? Let them use your car. Do you have finances? Give them finances. What do you have? And some of you are like, man, I don't have a whole lot. But I'm telling you, we all have one thing. And we don't have enough of it, and that's time. I don't know about you, but it's been the time that people spent with me that made the biggest difference in my life. I mean, I've had people bless me financially. I've had people, like, feed me, and God bless them. I love food, right? I have people that bake things for me and bring it to me. I love it. I'm trying to lose weight, so it's hard. But, you know, I have people that give me things, and it's amazing. But it's the time that I remember the most. It's the time people spent with me. And so I don't know what you have, but you all have time. And so the best thing you can do is to... Take time for people. Because I'm telling you, you want to make time, but you can't make any more time. I've tried. You can't slow down the clock. You can't add any seconds to, the, to, the, to anything. You can't make time. You can only take it. And so you have to take it from something of lesser value. And so maybe you need to do some inventory in your life and say, okay, man, I'm spending time here. We all spend a lot of time on things we don't need to. Maybe social media is one of them. Maybe my phone, we all have that on your phone. You spent 20 hours on your phone this week on this app. You know, we, we all have these things that we can take time from. And so maybe there's something in your life you can take some time from and say, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to invest it somewhere else. I'm going to invest it in somebody's life. I'm going to take time for them because maybe I have something that they need. This is Peter's next step. So first step, share what you got. Second step is this. I'm going to read the passage. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And he goes on to give specific examples. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves with the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he says, here's first step. Share what you got. Second thing is serve with who you are. Serve others with what God has placed in your life. You know, we want to call that a spiritual word called anointing, right? I'm going to serve God with my anointing. I'm going to serve people with my anointing. And that's really what it's for. A lot of people ask, I need to be anointed. I want to be anointed. But it's not for you. The anointing's for somebody else. And too many of us want to keep the oil for ourselves and not give it out to other people. But that's not why God anoints people. He anoints them to be used for his kingdom. Let's not bottle it up. Let's give it out. So God has given each and every one of you. You may not realize this, but he's given each and every one of you a gift, something to be used. I'm an introvert by nature. I do this because it's my job. I have to learn to talk in front of people. But one-on-one is not my strength. And so it's hard for me to enter a room and, like, automatically make friends you know, with like little four-year-olds, I wish I was like that, you know. I go into a room and I'm everybody's friend at four. But it's hard for me to do that. And so one thing that I would always tell myself is I don't have anything to offer. And maybe a lot of you are in that moment right now. Where you, you walk into a room or you walk into church even or you walk into a group of people and, and your attitude is that I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to give. And I had to make this, this shift in my life and say, you know what? God has given me things. I do have something to offer. 
It doesn't matter if these people are the governor or it doesn't matter if they're a city official. It doesn't matter if they're a millionaire. I have something they need. What is that? Whatever God's put in me. And so each and every one of you, God has put something in you to give to other people. The problem is, is we rarely discover that because we're never in an environment for that thing to blossom. We don't put ourselves in groups of people. We don't put ourselves in environments to where that thing can blossom and grow and we can discover our gifts. And this is why, again, I'm going to tell you, when you get in a small group, when you get into a group of people, it allows your gifts to blossom. You know what I love? Seeing these kids up here doing something for the church. We had a meeting. We have a quarterly meeting with staff, elders, and deacons, and we looked at the church and said, what is God doing in this church right now? And unanimously, it was like, God's working in the youth. God's working in the kids. And, and the question is, how do we partner with that? And so we looked at it, we prayed, and we said, we're going to start implementing those, those kids and the youth and the Sunday service. It's not just youth on Wednesdays. They're just as important now as they are on Wednesdays. Because youth have a prophetic voice. Youth have something to give. Kids have a prophetic voice. Kids have something to give. God uses them. Scripture says, out of the mouth of babes. And so I'm telling you, you have something to give. You can bring something to the table. And, and so I, I don't want that to be a hindrance when, when we present these small groups to you and you're like, I don't know if I can get involved. I don't know if I can bring anything. You can bring something. And God expects you to bring it because it's all good. And here's the thing I know is that God uses, I'm kind of bouncing around over here. God uses people to accomplish his purposes. And he uses people to make you more and more holy. It's in those small groups that people pull those things out of me. It's in small groups where I really learned how to serve God. And it's not like they told me, hey, Neil, this is how you serve God. It's because I saw it. I saw their lives, and I saw how they treated their wives. I saw how those men lived their life. I saw how those men treated their kids. I saw, saw how those men worshiped. I saw how those men prayed. I saw how they served in their community. And it was an example for me. And I said, the way I'm doing it is nowhere close to what God has for me. That's why you need people in your life. And not just any people. You need authentic people. What do I mean by authentic? Like you can be you around them. You don't have to show up with a mask. You don't have to show up saying, everything's great. You know, your telephone voice, everybody has one. Moms, everybody, all the moms have a telephone voice. All the parents, all the kids know what you're talking about, right? You're yelling at your kid and all of a sudden the phone, oh, hey, what's going on? You know, it's, it's the telephone voice. You don't have to do that. You can come with a bad day. You can come, you know, you can come in a, in a mess. And, and it's those relationships that are authentic, those relationships that you truly love one another. You can see it on their face when they walk in the door. But, man, what's going on with you today? Oh, nothing. No, no, no. You can't hide that. I know you too good. What's going on? And you feel safe enough to share. You feel safe enough to say, man, me and my wife, we've been at each other's throats. I don't know what's going on. And then... They can come alongside you and say, well, let's pray about that. Let's ask God what he wants to do. That's those relationships we need where we can just bring our dirt. And, and your friends are like, hey, 
God can do something with this. We need those authentic relationships. And in fact, that's one of our, our core values here is we refresh others through authentic relationships. So if you're not being refreshed, it's probably because you don't have a relationship to be able to do that. Because there's people I can walk into a room with, there's people, there's friends that I come in contact with, and every time I leave their presence, I feel like I've had a bath. I feel refreshed. I'm like, oh man, it was so good to be around them. I feel like I can do this again. I've spent a few hours this week with a few people this week, and it's been like that. It's been like, man, I'm so glad I spent time with them. I've never walked away from a meeting with a believer or a coffee meeting with a believer or a friend and said, man, that was a big waste of time. I can't believe I showed up. Every time they refresh me, and in return, I'm sure I refresh them. See, there's that relationship that God wants us to have. Like I said, grace is found in groups, but we have to work at it. We have to be hospitable. We have to serve with what we have. I love Hebrews 10, 23. It says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Other translations say this, let us spur one another on. We live in Texas. We know what spurs do, right? It's like, come on. That's what we should do with each other. Like, come on, you got this. Come on. We should be cheering each other on. We should be getting everybody. You know, we should be like, come on, you can do this. You got this. Let's go. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't neglect meeting together. I know a lot of pastors like, like to hammer this because you're not, you miss a Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, it's more than just Sunday morning. Like, this is great. But the relationships in your life, the godly relationships of your life, are there to form you and create you and make you more holy and set you apart. And so I'm going to challenge you. Yes, come to church. I'm glad you're here. But join a small group. Get involved. Make some relationships. Because I'm, like I'm telling you today, this is going to be the catalyst that changes your faith. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying this, at the end of this season of small groups, I'm going to see a difference in every one of you because you have people in your life that you can be real with. And so bottom line for this whole message is join a small group. 